scripture passage this morning is John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. John chapter 16, verses 12 through 15. We'll start the reading in verse 5 so that we can have a little bit of context. It can be found in your pew Bibles on page 1,678. Here now the reading of God's holy, inspired, and infallible word. Now I am going to him who sent me. Yet none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things, you are filled with grief. But I tell you the truth, it is for your good that I am going away. Unless I go away, the counselor will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. When he comes, he will convict the world of guilt in regard to sin and righteousness and judgment. In regard to sin, because men do not believe in me. In regard to righteousness, because I am going to the Father, where you can see me no longer. And in regard to judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said, the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. As Father, reading of God's holy word, may he bless it to the hands, hearts, and minds of his people. Will you pray with me? Heavenly Father, By the Holy Spirit, may you enlighten and bring to life your word for us. That we may come to see and to know Jesus Christ. His truth, that he is the truth. And that we may come to know and see the glory of our Savior. So in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Now, I'm sure many of you know what a floodlight is. A floodlight is not a light that you use when it's flooding, like it has been in Tennessee this past week. A floodlight has one main purpose. It's a light that is pointed towards something to flood light upon something, to bring attention to something. There's floodlights around this church. If you drive by it at night, parts of it are lit up. If you go by church signs, often there's floodlights that are shining on the church signs so that you can read it. If you go by Billboards, there's floodlights on the billboard, so when you go by it at night, you can read the billboard. So a floodlight, its function is so that you may see what it is shining upon. But so don't you think it would be odd if someone were to walk up to, let's say, a sign... That's got a floodlight shining on it. Or like, let's say a cross or something like that. Walk up to it. 
and then not look at the sign, but look into the floodlight. It'd be rather silly, wouldn't it? Well, hopefully you understand the analogy as we go through the sermon this morning, what exactly that illustrates for us. Our theme this morning is the Holy Spirit has come to reveal the truth and glory of Jesus Christ to us. The Holy Spirit has come to reveal the truth and glory of Jesus Christ to us. Now, the last time I was up here, we looked at the Holy Spirit's work in the world. And we talked about the Holy Spirit was going to come into the world to convict of sin, to convict of righteousness, and to convict of judgment. And that's how all of us came from being children of wrath to being children of the Holy God. Because the Holy Spirit, He has done His work in us in convicting of us a sin of righteousness, of judgment. But this morning, we're going to be talking about the Spirit's work in the church. So the Spirit's work in the world has brought us out of the world and into the church. But what is the Spirit's work in the church? Christ here, in the farewell discourse, is speaking to his disciples, and he's telling them what they need to know before he leaves. This is on the eve of his betrayal, the eve of his going to the cross, the eve of his resurrection and ascension that's swiftly approaching. This is his last testament, his last statement, his statement of will, you could say, to his disciples. And there's an aspect of, of comforting here that's going on. The disciples need to be told, need to understand why it is good for Jesus to leave them physically. Why it's good for Jesus to no longer be there with him. And what Jesus is doing right now is explaining to them that it's good for him to leave because when he leaves, he's going to send the Holy Spirit. And one of the reasons why it's good that Christ leaves so that he can send the Holy Spirit is that the Holy Spirit will come to continue to reveal the truth and glory of Christ to us, his disciples. So let's look first at that first point. Truth. Verse 12, Jesus says, I have much more to say to you, more than you can now bear. I think it's easy to say that based on verse 12, what's clearly being stated here is that we need the Holy Spirit. We need the Holy Spirit. This is Jesus not calling his disciples dumb. Not calling his disciples unintelligent. This is Jesus saying that the Holy Spirit is necessary for you to continue to understand what I have come to do, what I have come to accomplish. This is divine condescension. It's not a put-down. But this is also the promise of future revelation to the disciples. And here we need to understand this. That the way God works in the world is that He comes and He enters into time and history, whether by 
pillars of cloud or fire, whether by great acts like the Exodus, whether by speaking through the prophets. And in this moment, he has come through Jesus Christ, his son. And he works in the world and he does things in the world. And then, following those actions, those doings, those revelations that have occurred in time and history, there is an inscripturation of them. There is a writing down of them. There is a keeping of them so that we have them. So the Holy Spirit comes to ensure the future revelation of Jesus Christ is given to us down through the generations. Not only the Gospels, not only Acts, the, the Epistles, Revelation, the New Testament, as we have it and see it today, is by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. It is by the Holy Spirit working in and through the Apostles and the other writers of the New Testament to ensure that we have the true Word of God. But it's also is pointing to the the, the reality of prophetic utterances made throughout the apostolic generation to the emerging church. We think of prophets who spoke of the coming famine that would occur, and so on and so forth. But we continue, verse 13, the first part. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. So not only do we need the Holy Spirit... But our need of the Holy Spirit is because the Holy Spirit is our guide. The Holy Spirit is our pathfinder. Now I'm sure many of you these days use things like Google Maps. I always said there's a generational difference between me and, and people who are a bit older than me. And in, in, in one way you can tell this generational difference is that an older person will come up to you and say, well, you turn left at the marathon and you go down this way and if you see this landmark, then you stop there and you turn right and um, at that point I'm basically checked out and I'm just saying, okay, I'm just going to wait for the address so I can plug it into my Google Maps. That's a nice thing, right? But then one day Google Maps is going to shut down and chaos is going to ensue. I bring that up because the Holy Spirit leading us is like a divine Google Maps. Google Maps can be wrong sometimes. Trust me, I've gotten into some bad situations because I trusted Google Maps over my instincts. But the Holy Spirit, He's never wrong. He guides us into all truth. But there has to be a caveat stated here, a clarifying statement. This verse, the Holy Spirit will come and he will guide you into all truth, is often used and abused. You see, you cannot use this to claim Divine sanction for extra-biblical doctrines and practices. You cannot use this to give authority, divine authority, God-given authority, to whims that you choose to chase after or feelings that you have. 
Feelings don't guide us. You ever heard that statement? Oh, honey, just follow your heart. Well, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked. We don't follow our hearts. Feelings don't guide us. Feelings don't guide the Holy Spirit who is one with the Father and one with the Son. Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20 says, To the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to this word, it is because there is no light in them. Keddie in his commentary on John says, We are not at liberty in the name of the Holy Spirit to treat our inner impulses as if they were equal to or in advance upon the Scriptures. Oh, the Holy Spirit has come, and the Holy Spirit is leading into us all truth. And so we can't be bound by this. We can't be bound by this word. We're going beyond this word. The Holy Spirit is guiding us into even greater and deeper truths. And that is when you go off the rocker. And it happens all the time in our day and age. Things are justified. Because they are accredited to the Holy Spirit's inspiration. First chapter of the Westminster Confession of Faith has a great statement about this. It says, The supreme judge by which all controversies of religion are to be determined, and all decrees of councils, opinions of ancient writers, doctrines of men, and private spirits are to be examined, and whose sentence we are to rest can be no other but the Holy Spirit speaking in the Scripture. You can see where I'm going here, right? The Holy Spirit guides us, but He guides us according to His Word, according to what He has inspired. The second part of verse 13 continues. It says, He will not speak on His own. He will speak only what He hears, and He will tell you what is yet to come. So not only do we need the Holy Spirit, not only will we be guided by the Holy Spirit, but we must listen to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit speaks for God because He is God. The Holy Spirit speaks for God because He is God. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he tells them about the Spirit's work. And he says, the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. No one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. So the Spirit leads us into all truth, has the authority of God, speaks for God because He is God. And this includes the spirit of prophecy, prediction of future events like the famine in the time of the early church. Or the apostasy in the last days that Paul speaks of. Or John's vision and revelation. This word calls us to listen to him, the Holy Spirit, authoritatively in the word. Listen to what he says. And what he does not say. 
and also to give ourselves to live for the Lord. So it's a very simple litmus test, but it is extremely practical for you, the people of God, to understand this. If someone ever says anything and claims that they have it by inspiration of the Holy Spirit, that the Holy Spirit has revealed this to them, whether it be the day, the month that Jesus is coming back, or whether it be that they're supposed to pursue this business venture. The litmus test is this. Is it in accordance with God's word? Because if the Holy Spirit is God, and God has spoken in the scriptures, then God does not contradict himself. The Holy Spirit is not a different God than God the Father or God the Son. They are the triune God. Three persons, one being. So the Holy Spirit, God, will never say anything or call us to do anything that Jesus has not said or called us to do or that God the Father has not said or called us to do. That is how he leads us into all truth. He brings us back over and over again to the word. And here's where I'm going to bring up that illustration again. If the Holy Spirit is the floodlight, then looking into the Holy Spirit is doing the opposite of what the Holy Spirit His purpose, what he's called to do, what he comes to do. And that is to shed light on the truth. To lead us into all truth. And so the Holy Spirit comes and he is pointing at God's word. And he's leading us to God's word. So if we turn around and we stare into the floodlight of the Holy Spirit, we're missing the point. It's gone astray. The Holy Spirit is not the focus. He's come to lead us into the truth of God's word. But he's not only come to lead us into the truth of God's word, he's come to bring glory to Jesus Christ. Verse 14, the first part, Jesus says of the Holy Spirit, he will bring glory to me by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. Jesus is glorified by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit glorifies Jesus. So people who come and who claim to be moved by the Spirit then do things that denigrate or devalue Jesus Christ. For instance, there's plenty of examples these days, but someone saying, well, I know I shouldn't leave my spouse, but God just wants me to be happy, doesn't he? They're exposed as those who are not following the lead of the Spirit. And here the illustration can be used again. If the Spirit is the floodlight, 
then Jesus Christ is the focus. We, by the Holy Spirit's work in our lives, are being drawn to glorify Christ, to look upon him, to claim that he is the name of all names, the king of all kings, that he is to be glorified. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And so if we turn around and we look at the Holy Spirit and we say, oh, wow, the Holy Spirit, how cool is this? We're going astray. We're looking into the floodlight and we're being blinded by it instead of being drawn to what the light is shining upon, Jesus Christ. So whatever we do in the Spirit which Paul speaks of, living in the Spirit, living according to the Spirit, keeping in step with the Spirit, it will result in glory to Christ. Whether that be preaching, whether that be witnessing, whether that be work, words, love for neighbor, love for family, love for the poor, love for the needy. It's all pointing to Christ. It's all pointing to the glory that he has as our Savior. But also, by the Spirit, we learn God's will. Jesus not only says he will bring glory to me, but by taking from what is mine and making it known to you. What is the medium through which the Holy Spirit works to bring glory to Christ? It is in making known the Lord's will. The Holy Spirit continues the work of the kingdom of Christ between the first and second comings of Jesus. In this era that we live in, the already but the not yet, the time when Christ's kingdom has been inaugurated but it has not come to its fruition, its fulfillment, its completion. The time between when Christ has come and when Christ will come again. The purpose that the Holy Spirit has, what he does, what he brings, is to continue us in learning and knowing God's will for our lives. And he does this by pointing us to Christ and the word of God. By renewing us, renewing our minds, conforming us to the image of Jesus. By calling us and convicting us by calling us out of our stupor and our slumber and calling us forward to the mission of Jesus to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them all that I've commanded you. To press on towards the goal, to press on towards the finish line. By keeping us, sustaining us, holding us, preserving us protecting us by bringing sheep into the fold, by emboldening us to open our mouths to proclaim the good news of Jesus, by calling us to overcome our cowardice, by calling us to overcome our pride and our humility, being able to walk forward and treat others as more important than us. By helping us to see the image of God in others. By helping us to unclench our greedy hand and open it to those who are in need. By calling us, changing us, conforming our hearts 
that we may open up our lives to others and be hospitable to our neighbors and our family and friends. And by that, showing them the hospitality of Jesus Christ, we're learning God's will for our lives. We're marching forward in the call of the church until he comes again. Christ says that the Spirit brings glory to him by taking from what is his and making it known to us. By being the floodlight that shines upon the glory of Jesus. But we also learn that God is still at work. In verse 15, Jesus says, All that belongs to the Father is mine. That's why I said the Spirit will take from what is mine and make it known to you. So the Spirit takes what is Christ. Christ has what is the Father's so that we can know the revelation of the triune God. Perfect unity between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is a great and wonderful truth because it means that the triune God is at work in our salvation and our redemption. That we have communion, fellowship with the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is one important fact that the disciples should have understood by this statement from Jesus. How is it that it's good that he leave? Well, here in this one statement, Jesus is saying to them that there is no minimization of the content of Revelation. There is no dumbing down. There is no lack of quality because Jesus leaves and the Holy Spirit comes. Jesus says, all things that are the Father's are mine. All things belong to us because of Jesus Christ. Charles Simeon noted this to pastors concerning these words. He says that counting all things but dung for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ ourselves, we should labor day and night to impart it to others. The treasure of divine knowledge is put to us as earthen vessels for this purpose. And God has shined in our hearts for this very end that we may give unto all around us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. The pastor's work is very much like the Holy Spirit's work. He is called to shine the light upon Jesus Christ. In fact, I'm reminded of this every time I come into this pulpit. We hear upon it, it says, Sir, we would see Jesus. We would see Jesus. I'm reminded of a story about Charles Spurgeon. A group of people went and they listened to another very famous preacher. 
of the time of Charles Spurgeon. And they walked out of that sermon and they say, wow, what a preacher. And they went and they visited Charles Spurgeon's church and they listened to him preach. And, and they walked out and they said, wow, what a savior. The point is that if I'm up here and I'm doing what I'm called to do by the power of the Holy Spirit, by the grace of God, what you will see is Jesus, His beauty, His glory, His grace, His love for you, not me. In comparison to that, I am nothing. I can offer you nothing. I need the very grace and love and beauty and forgiveness and righteousness that only Christ offers. I stand in the same place as you. All I am is a vessel to bring to you the glory of Jesus Christ. And that's what the Holy Spirit does as well. He is here to point us to Jesus. When Charles Simeon has a word for every Christian as well, because it's not just my duty, my call, to bring light upon the glory of Jesus Christ, for the Holy Spirit's work in us, all as Christians, is to do the same. And all indeed are not called upon to exert themselves as ministers, she says, but all are to glorify Christ by a holy conversation and are to take of his virtues and his graces and exhibit them to the world. All are to shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life in their own conduct so that all may read it, yea, may be compelled to read it as transcribed in their lives. I began... with the illustration of the floodlight. The floodlight's purpose is not that you gaze upon it, be blinded as you look into it, but that you gaze upon what it's shining upon, what it's bringing light to, what it's displaying. Christ here is saying that the Holy Spirit's work in the church is to reveal as a floodlight reveals what it's shining upon, the truth and the glory that he has. May the Holy Spirit come. May the Holy Spirit be poured out anew upon us. May the Holy Spirit continue to indwell each and every one of us, that we may come to know with further and further Greatness further and further displays, further and further realities, the truth of God's word in Jesus Christ and the glory of Jesus Christ. People of God, by the operation of the Holy Spirit, may He grant that you would see the truth of God's word and the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father.
Thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your son. Thank you that you have poured out your Holy Spirit upon us. That we may know you in your word. That we may know you in the glory of your son. We pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit would continue to work in our lives, conforming us to the image of Jesus Christ, renewing our minds that we may be living sacrifices of praise to you. May we, as your people, take on the virtues and graces of Christ that we may display them to the world. May we shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life in our conduct, in our words, in our actions, so that the people of the world may see it and may know that there is salvation. There is salvation in Jesus Christ, our Savior. It's in his name we pray. Amen.